Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, why President Trump is talking about banning the social media app TikTok, how that relates to national security, and what that could mean for all of us, even if we don't use that particular app. President Trump has ordered a sweeping ban on the Chinese-owned apps TikTok and WeChat. If it actually goes into effect, it would bar the popular social media apps from the Apple and Google app stores because, the president says, the information they gather on their users here in the U.S. is a national security threat. CNET editor-at-large, Ian Schur. President Donald Trump is giving TikTok a certain amount of time to be sold potentially to an American company. Right now, the bets are that it would be Microsoft, partially because that tech company has a ton of money. It's not Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, which means that it's not already embroiled in a ton of social media problems. And it has some experience managing social media because it owns LinkedIn. One of the conversations that's happening around this whole thing is whether or not it is against the possibly the First Amendment or just American values in general to ban this app. And also, what are the lengths to which the president can go under the name of national security? But how will that actually work? We know if it's no longer available in the Apple and Google Play app stores, you won't be able to download it. But what about if it's already on your phone? Will it just stop working or disappear or what? We asked Paul Sems, who's the managing director of remediation services at cybersecurity firm TrustedSec. The history that we've seen is that the app would get banned from the Apple store or the Google store. And after that, the app would no longer get any updates. What we've seen is that some countries, uh, India, for example, have taken action to actually ban the network traffic so that the apps discontinue to work. So what we notice is they don't actually get uninstalled, and that's actually been one of the challenges. Previously in 2017, there was a similar ban of Chinese applications and that had over 500 apps that were made using a software development kit. And that software development kit was found to have had the ability to install spyware. So that banned over 500 applications because they all used that same application development kit or software development kit. And what we saw is some of those apps are still around. However, the majority of them have had updates which either uninstall the app or the offending software. Okay, so at least in the short term, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen. We've seen what can happen. We just don't know exactly what's going to happen here. And so if it gets bought by either right now, it's rumored either Microsoft or Twitter, what then? So in that situation, I think we would probably see an update to the application by the new owner with new privacy and security policies applied to it. The current privacy policy that people read when they download the application actually says that they would be sharing that information with their parent organization, which happens to be Chinese-owned organization. So we would see that that privacy policy would most likely change. Well, of course, the rub is, I mean, first of all, nobody ever reads the privacy policies. There's that. And then the other thing is, I mean, nobody in this country understands that if you have a Chinese app, that 
in part, it's actually owned by the Chinese government, nor do they expect the owners of that application to just willy-nilly give their information to the Chinese government. But apparently that's what's been happening, right? Yeah, that's actually exactly what's been happening. And actually, TikTok works on using artificial intelligence. So it actually uses all of that information that it has about you to promote information and put it right there on the top of your screen so that you know, based on what you like. And so that's really the real danger here is that an app like TikTok is, and any app actually, that's grabbing this much information about the individual can really focus sending you messages that may not be in your best interest. And we've seen that happen in other applications, you know, in other concerns such as Facebook and stuff, knowing all sorts of information about you. And they've been called in front of Congress and they've been able to be held accountable. And in this situation, the concern there is there would be a lack of accountability because the parent organization is not a U.S.-based company. Well, in terms of Facebook, with the Cambridge Analytical scandal and the 2016 election, they haven't really been held accountable for any of that. I mean, nothing they really haven't. nothing really happened to them. Well, at least they, they got called in front of Congress, right? But we have seen some promises kept there. So we have seen the ability recently to be able to explore the data that they're collecting on you. That's a new feature that Facebook has, you know, announced and that that they've actually shown. So it's quite interesting to look at your own Facebook data and look at all the data they're collecting on not only when you're using the app, but all the other interactions you have on your phone. But And they give you now some ability to delete that. So there is some glimmer of hope there, but you're right. They haven't been held accountable financially, at least. Right. You know, I just saw a documentary about surveillance and different apps and what they do. And one of them was a story about a woman. She's an author in France, and she wrote a book about it. She was using Tinder. And she decided, well, I'm just going to ask them what information they have on me. And, and they wouldn't give it to her, and they wouldn't give it to her. And then eventually they gave it to her, and they gave her 800 pages of information. Wow. And what it had done is Tinder had not only scraped the information that she gave them through the app, they also connected to other apps. And they got all her information from all these other apps. I mean, it was like as big as a novel all this yeah. information, it completely freaked her out and she wrote a book about it. So it's not like TikTok is alone in this, right? No, all of the, you know, TikTok, you know, they have $17 billion, I believe is the latest, some of the numbers I've seen thrown around there. Other apps are making literally billions of dollars on information sharing, right? And so from a marketing perspective, that has a lot of value. You can target your ads to specific people that will buy your products or your services. And so there's a lot of value in being able to target individuals like that. So they're not alone. All of the major apps use that. And now, especially with artificial intelligence, you know, in, in the past, you'd be like, how in the world would we be able to look at all of this data and it would change dynamically? But now with artificial intelligence and machine learning, they're able to drill through that data very quickly and develop a, a concise profile of the individual. So the idea of privacy and not having Big Brother know what you're doing, the reality is is not only does the government have access to this through subpoena powers and things like that, but in fact, uh, private organizations also have large amounts of data collected on you. 
And of course, there's another election coming up. So whether it's a Chinese app or whether it's Twitter or Facebook or any other of the American-based apps, the bottom line is we still need to be vigilant about disinformation that comes to us that is targeted towards us based on what they learn in apps. The question for me is, and I guess it is for people in your field as well, is how do you tell the difference between what's misinformation and what's not? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, it's getting harder and harder. We talk about the concept of social engineering quite a bit at our firm and and across the cybersecurity space and social engineering techniques where people actually trick people to give up their passwords or do things that would compromise their security. They do it because we're able to gather operational intelligence. We're able to understand that individual and kind of pretend to be someone. And so if you take that to the next level with these types of tools and this data, someone's security could be compromised quite quickly because they know everything about you. And so it's very difficult. It gets more and more difficult to detect these social engineering hacks, to detect this misinformation that's coming towards you. I guess just on a personal note on that, I would say that consider uh, multiple sources, right? So one of the techniques we use when we're detecting fraud is did the phone call or did the message come to you or did you go ahead and call out to that organization, right? Um, a lot of the, what we call controls that we put in place are go ahead and pick up the phone and call someone in accounting and actually talk to someone that you know to validate uh, what's actually going on. Um, so there is this idea of, of getting information from multiple sources. And if that means that you always watch Fox, go ahead and watch CNN. And if you always watch CNN, go watch Fox. Go get your information from multiple sources. That's how we combat it in the cybersecurity world, is we go ahead and we validate things by different channels, and we don't just rely on a single channel. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.